at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. All right, so earlier on I said we were going to speak to Samson Omale. Um, we can't get through to that line. So we are going to be speaking now to Pastor Barry Wuganale, who's a human rights activist at Ogoni Solidarity Forum based in Cape Town. Um, they have a lot of attention on issues in Nigeria, specifically, uh, especially affect, uh, policies that affect oil exploration and uh, exploitation of native African people in the Niger Delta. I want to welcome uh, Pastor Barry on the line now with us. Good afternoon and thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Thank you very much for having me once again on SAFM. It's always good talking to your listener. Reports came through um, around Friday that three, almost 300 girls were abducted at a school by gunmen. Just give us uh, the true count of the girls and what actually happened, please, Pastor Barry. Um. I would not be able to give an exact number because I, might, uh, as a person, have also been following a, a news reports uh, like you from Cape Town here. But while I've spoken to some of my co-activists on ground in the northern area, the information that they give to me right now is that the guesstimate is 317 or thereabouts. Um, that the uh, abductors, the bandits, uh, have not maybe released figures. So, uh, and parents are still searching for some uh, 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 students and uh, some staff are still missing. So it might uh, be more than or less, but at the time, the figures have been thrown around is 317. Mm. We remember the big headlines when about 200 girls were abducted again. The numbers kept going up and down uh, a couple of years ago. And then I know that there have been other abductions, but there has been a bit of a a lull in that story being told. Give us a sense of what has been happening in the meantime. Well, let's step back to what happened, um, I think, about seven years ago when the... uh, uh, Chibok girls were mm. first uh, adopted. Mm. Um, the first thing is that uh, this present government, then they were an opposition party, have made a huge political mileage from it. They had castigated the, the, the government at the time under good luck, Jonathan, mm. and made it look in fact, uh, he was called an incompetent and clueless government. More than any other thing, the reason why this government uh, got their sympathy vote or support mm. uh, was because it was felt that first, the way the, gov- the Jonathan government handled it issue uh, was not good enough. Mm. Um, he was criticized that at first there was a denial. Uh, Lord Jonathan said that... Um, the government felt it was uh, a conspiracy in order to uh, sabotage his government. Mm-hmm. So he did not pay so much attention to it within the first 72 hours. Mm-hmm. And then um, he opened up and said people should prove him otherwise. But whatever be the case, um, the question became whether actually 254 girls were adopted. Jonathan kept putting up that argument up to today. Now, but thereafter, uh, under the present uh, uh, government, another group of girls were adopted in Dapchi, also um, under 300 of them. 
And then the people who adopted them brought them back after maybe a couple of days, mm. but they kept one girl uh, and said that they would not release that girl because she refused to uh, 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 profess Islam, uh, Islam to, to, to renounce Christianity. Mm. And the government today, this present government, did nothing. They paid ransom to redeem the other girls, but allow one Christian girl to be kept. Stories says that now she's been forcefully married to Islamic warlord and she's been forcefully impregnated. Hmm. Then while that case is still on, it's more than three years now, then there was a kidnap of another 300 boys or so, I think 400 and, uh, and something boys, from the home state of the current president. That was... Uh, a um, couple of months ago. And then there was a whole lot of effort to rally around and to make sure those boys were 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 redeemed. And then nine days before this one, in, in another state called Niger State. Do we know the, the, the status of the boys that were abducted then? The, the, this, this one that was adopted nine days before this one? Yes. They, 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 are, still, they are still with the abductor. Hmm. They are still with the, the people that adopted them, that kidnapped mm. them. And then um, an Islamic cleric by the name Sheikh Gumi now came up and said that he will interface and pictures are going around that he's been talking with them. And then these ones got um, arrested. Now, the, the reason why I trace back that mm. history is that um, these governments, when they were an opposition party, the way they... Uh, made themselves to properly stand and then got a kind of mid-statement that sympathized with extremists, put a question mark around them. If members of this government are not complicit in all of this um, insecurity that is going on. And then the fact that they keep paying ransom, even if they deny it, when it is convenient, it has put a more bigger question around them. And now what people are saying is that because you pay ransom and because you made yourself to look at, look like somebody that has um, sympathy towards their cause mm -hmm. when you were seeking power, mm -hmm. it, has, it has emboldened them. And then the bigger question is how does... Um, a group of militants go and take people in their hundreds. Mm. Now, for you to take people in their hundreds, it means there is enormous equipment, yeah. enormous amount of vehicles, yeah. enormous breach of security. And for you to move through a town where there are checkpoints in different places. So it might be that this wholesome kidnapping has become a business wherein some people in government is beneficiating from issues of ransom. Uh, Pastor Barry, there's also been question around the military because we also remember that there was a so-called um, military that was sent to the Niger Delta, that area as well. Uh, what, what, what's the, the use of having the military if the young children keep getting abducted? What's happening there? We, we hear of relations that are, that are maybe too cozy with the abductors and the military. Can you rephrase that question, please? I, I lost you for a moment. So the, the state military, 
the yeah. army we know that um, was sent to the region to to assist with these abductions. Yeah. Yeah. What's happened then? Precisely the question that commentators and analysts and human rights activists like us are asking. How come you have enormous amount of military deployment mm-hmm. into the area where this banditry, where this uh, kidnapping, where Boko Haram is um, holding sway? Um, how come you have those enormous amount of, of military presence and then these bandits are still able to reign supreme? Then there have been questions. In fact, uh, there is uh, uh, one of the wall, one of the kidnapped warlords that was arrested uh, about two years ago because they killed a group of police people. The, the confession from the warlord shows that there are people in the military who are part of this bandit, and we have had a lot of information. Um, whereby the, the military gets information, they will move out of the road when these bandits want to operate. So what I'm saying in essence is that both the military, both the, uh, the government structures have been infiltrated by this extremist movement. And this is something the former president said, that even in his own cabinet, there are people who are working hands in glove with these criminals. Mm. And this government, when they were in opposition, they denied it. But here, the, these are the evidence that this government, there are people in government that are working. It serves their, it helps them to line their pocket to, to, to say, we want to negotiate. And then it also helps them to line their pocket to say there is no equipment. If the government keeps saying they buy equipment, and then you ask yourself, where is the equipment? Because soldiers are thinking pictures to say we are not, we don't have enough equipment to even fight these people. At the end of the day, there are information that even the equipment that is supposed to be used to fight the soldiers is being sold to this militant and this extremist. So it is a messy situation. What do you, what do you see happening going forward? I mean, we've been hearing exactly what you're saying, and other commentators commentators as well saying the same thing. Is there an end to this to this uh, craziness? I I wish there would have been an end, but I fear if there would be an end. Why do I fear? You know, when something like insecurity. Um, of this nature has been allowed to fester. And like anywhere in Africa and anywhere where humans are, when people begin to make profit or profiteer from insecurity and from war, when people begin to profiteer from arms dealing, when people begin to profiteer from from uh, from nefarious act, a racket is formed. And once a racket is formed, you and especially for a country like Nigeria, where record is not something you easily get, where you cannot trace these kind of things easily. I am afraid it is going to become a system which is going to fester for long because there are military generals that by the time they get out of that place, they become multi-billionaires. Not only military generals, even state governors themselves, whereby Nigeria is one country whereby 
the governor has an executive security vote that cannot be accounted for. That's to say, as a governor, for instance, I take every month maybe something like a hundred million rand, but I do not give a canter I spend it. I can just put it in my pocket. I can just say I I did X, Y, Z with it, whereas I did not in no record about it. How do you run a country whereby security vote is opaque? You can never say her. Nobody gives account of her military vote was spent. And then now you have a reason why should not even give account. So for that reason, because it has become a, co- a king of mm. corruption, I for, doubt it is, is going to end very soon. For, it for, is going to take somebody that is very bold, that we call the bluff, that may die in the process, to say, I'm going to give these people a run for their money. For, for civil society like yourselves and others, I'm sure, who are also rallying um, other countries and support, are you getting support from, from outside? Um, we are not. We are not. You see, this is the bad thing about international politics. Even back home here um, in Africa, even back home here in South Africa, we have not gotten the kind of um, support whereby people will say, um, as activists that is trying to hold um, the biggest, uh, the most populous African country to account, what kind of support do we give to use? And besides that, even at the level of government to government, at African Union level, if Nigeria cannot run its security very well, who talks to Nigeria at the African Union level? Who questions Nigeria? Nobody. People won't question Nigeria because, number one, it, this is a country that is a supplier of the highest amount of good oil to them. The malfunctionality of Nigeria helps them. More oil is stolen from Nigeria than it is accounted for. And so many countries don't have the moral authority to look in the face of the head of state of Nigeria and say, what are you doing in the country? So the, the, the problem we have in Nigeria is a conspiracy within the international community also in order to hold on that country and make it to become a field where every tick Every dumb uh, Tom, Dick, and Harry go to steal crude oil. We're going to leave it there. And I mean, I, I don't know with the kind of work that you're doing, what kind of support would you like to see, um, even from ordinary uh, ordinary men and women? Yeah, um, the biggest thing is, you know, recently there was the NSAS movement, for example, mm. that received international support and collaboration. We would like to have that kind of sustained movement and to make sure that ordinary men and women, civil society organizations come around us, support us, and to say, let us again ensure that there is politics with morality, whereby we put, for example, the African Union, we put South Africa, we put America, we put, put the big nation to say, it is time you begin to name and shame Nigeria. Call them out and make sure that Nigerian politicians, their loot, their stolen wealth, which they steal from buying guns for the army, from empowering the army, is not hidden in other countries. Because this money ends up getting filtered to another country, being stacked in different countries. Up to today, we're still talking about Abacha's loot. We're not talking about Babangida's loot. We're not talking about Abdusalam's loot. We're not talking about other people's loot. 
Pastor Perry Wogunaele is a human rights activist on uh, Ogoni Solidarity Forum. They are here in Cape Town. If you want to get hold of them, you can just go to ogoniforum.org.za and they are um, a lobby group really trying to assist uh, uh, African people in the Niger Delta and also uh, issues of policies and oil exploration in that area. So if you want to get more information, please go to their website, ogoniforum.org. It's two o'clock. Let's go to Zolika Kotashi for the latest in SABC News.